Mr. and Mrs. Autism and all the ships at sea, you're listening to Stim for Stim, the relationship podcast by and for autistic people. Who's here with me this evening? Oh boy, we got a fucking zoo. Uh, so Paris is here, Mr. Bird is here, and my name is Charlie Stern. Hello. Hey, Charlie, and we also have uh, our our first ever our first ever double bill of guests uh, this evening. Uh, a couple that we're extremely excited about, uh, and if they want to go ahead and introduce themselves and uh, the wh- where we might know them from. Uh, hi, my name is Kristen Cherico, and I uh, used to be on BuzzFeed on a show called Lady Lake, and now I'm on a show called The Kitchen and Jordan Show with my friend uh, Jen. Uh, and a person who is also sometimes on that show is my lovely wife. Hi, I'm Bree. Um, you might know me from judging uh, cooking segments on The Kitchen and Jordan Show or uh, GitHub contributions. Hell yeah. Either or. Uh, So we wanted to do this episode because we are huge bummers all the time. (laughs) We're always talking about grief and we're always talking about COVID and the police and everything that's going wrong uh, in the world. And we just wanted to hang out. (laughs) We just wanted to have some fucking laughs. Uh, So we have um, our question... We have our question from last time uh-huh. um, that we want to circle back to, and then we have a new question. Uh-huh. Um, so, Zach, do you want to read a little bit um, of our last week's question? Sure. This is the disclosure one, yeah? Yes. Okay. So, uh, and as ever, uh, there is, we're, we're abridging a little for for time and clarity, Uh where uh, this is, uh, I'm. Our listener says I'm getting back out there and I'm having trouble weighing the pros and cons of being upfront about having an official diagnosis versus just describing my traits to avoid de- stigma and assumptions. I'm a cis bi woman, 30 years old. I'm dorky and have a nice STEM job. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I seem to attract a lot of guys with an idea of having a quote unquote quirky nerd girl. It's caused problems with me being able to relate to guys, and I'm so shy when talking to girls who all seem to be more confident and, I don't know, self-assured. I literally had one guy say I was his quote-unquote reward for being such a good boy who was overlooked all his life and like a Felicia Day. Those guys don't seem put off by disclosure, but I also don't know if they respect me enough to care. On the other hand, when I date less dorky guys, they find me sweet, smart, and way too passionate about quote-unquote random things, my special interests, and if I disclose, they kind of get a weird ableism thing going on. I feel like damaged goods when my differences actually make me a great scientist and many other things. So I either lean into describing how I'm weird and I love how I am in hopes of finding someone who makes me happy for that, or I disclose, and I get a variety of responses, but infantilized, taken less seriously, or dismissed as an acceptable partner before they even know me is my biggest worry. So yeah, we, uh... I have thoughts on this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, tell us I your have thoughts. Many of them. So first of all, we should probably disclose, uh, I am, I, I am not neurotypical, but I do not, uh, I, I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we are, uh, Brie and I are a couple who have different, uh, neuroatypical. Yeah, I've, 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 I've only recently come to really accept that I'm, uh, on the autism spectrum, but, uh, yeah, so we, but Kristen can tell you that, uh, 
I've definitely been displaying those traits for the last eight years. I mean, that's as I typically not through uh, like any sort of like choice. Like, I think like it. it okay, so I have thoughts on this question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's here's my here are my thoughts. I think that you don't owe anyone disclosure of anything about you. Uh, you know, like it, it, this isn't you know this isn't a subpoena. You don't have to like. You don't have to tell people what's going on with you about all things. Title of the episode. Yeah, you don't need to come uh, with a credit. Re- you know, you know, allow yeah. someone to do a credit check on you. Uh, first and also, second of all, reward for being such a good boy is one of the grossest. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. It's gnarly. It's, like it's, I. Whoever said that calls his dad his papa. Like I. I... <laughs> papa, please. <laughs> I've been ever so good. <laughs> so horrible. So that's awful. Uh, that, but yeah, but I think that um, you don't owe anyone an explanation for why you are the way you are. Mm-hmm. However, um, there will reach a point in a, in a relationship, probably when you think about like moving in with someone, meeting or their parents, inter- meeting their parents, something like that, where. Um, you know, you have to ask yourself, why would I want to move in with someone who I don't feel comfortable telling this to? Mm-hmm. So it's less of a uh, you owe them an explanation and more of thinking about it in terms of do I want to advance a relationship with someone who I don't trust with this information? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, I think that that's something that you it's, it's I would think of it less in terms of like, I don't want to scare them off and more like. I want to make sure I can trust this person. So I want to give them the information. Second thing is, and this is just coming from my perspective. And granted, I'm like a person who is like hypersensitive and hyper aware. And I like process like emotional data all the time. And I'm like sucking it in like, (laughs) so like, this is just how I am. But like, I feel like it might just come up organically. Like it might be like, you know, it, it, there there might be uh, some sort of like conflict or something that comes up where it's helpful to kind of explain the context of why you feel the way that you do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's also a good time to bring it up. But I think that like it it shouldn't scare <laughs> it shouldn't scare people off. <laughs> In either case, it's less about you owing something to the other person. Uh-huh. And much more about building a strong relationship that's going to last. And if you, you know, if 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 you find someone that you can build it, that you feel like you're building a relationship, and you feel like you feel like there's strength in the relationship, and you feel like there's mutual trust in the relationship, then that then that kind of disclosure is something that's only going to increase that amount of trust. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that like when you find that you trust them about like other things about yourself, this feels like a good time to talk about it. But like you don't owe it to anyone, and you also don't like no one. No one can get mad at you for like not. <laughs> you know, this is a, it's, you're not like a, a car. Like you don't have to come with like, a Carfax <laughs> report. You're a human being. Right. Like we all are entitled to like uh, you know tell people about ourselves when we feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Are y'all Jewish? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm the kind so... of Italian that people sometimes mistake for Jewish, like in Jason Biggs or... Yeah. So the thing is, uh-huh. when Jews enter a room, they announce what medications they're on. You know, oh. when, when you meet a Jew, 
they're going to tell you everything that's wrong with them. So that's why on the last episode, I was kind of like, people notice something is wrong with me. So I'm just going to tell them what's up. Um, But I also agree that you don't owe anyone. And I can't imagine like in casual dating, like first, second, third dates, uh, you know, you really have to disclose like, you know, why you're bad at conflict, for example, because hopefully there's no conflict Uh, or you just never talk to them again if there is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's easy. Like, I think that you kind of bring up something, though, interesting, which is that I think that like when if someone notices like, hey, there's like, you know, there's there are things that, like are I'm trying to find a way to explain this well. I think that like you're correct in that like sometimes people will notice. And I think that like, you know, if for whatever reason a conflict comes up, like that might be like a good way to be like, by the way, this is happening. Boop 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 boop. And like, you know, if anything, it might bring you closer because it might be like, Oh, I didn't know that thing about you. Mm-hmm. And now I have more information about you. And because right. I have more information about you, I feel like I A, you trust me, so I feel closer to you. It's a stronger bond. You trust me with this information. It's like honestly, I I, I sometimes feel like you know it a disclosure like this can can be like a gem it's like oh you're trusting me with like this like special thing of yours that like you you know you may not necessarily trust with anyone and like that makes me feel closer to you it's uh fairly definitely fairly early in our relationship but around when we were starting to get serious uh that's rachel uh just sort of apropos of nothing uh said to me i want you to know I'm terrified of roller coasters, but you're someone I would go on a roller coaster with. And it felt like that, that same Aww. kind of thing, which you know, I think... That's really cute. I'm, that is adorable. Well, well, we've we've adorable, sort of used yeah. that as a metaphor for uh, leaps that we're willing to take with the other presence ever since then. And uh, I, that's I, I, and I mean, I think that that's going to be a common feature of uh, most relationships that are, get, that are getting serious. Uh, you know, just... Mm-hmm. expressing in whatever form uh the the willingness to roll the dice like that well zach can i ask you when did you and rachel talk about it uh she knew before we started dating in fact uh we had uh we we met through our college chapter of students for democratic society and i only learned recently that she, uh a lot of the other uh members uh were like vaguely uncomfortable with me and she had interceded with me to say he's not creepy he's on the spectrum and uh, they uh I, I, she basically saved me from an intervention for all intents and purposes but uh it's so she she knew uh, she, but i don't think that that is necessarily the same thing as knowing how it will affect relationship so i felt like there was like a a uh, separate stage of disclosure to her because you know mm-hmm. if you're telling someone it, it'll it'll affect uh, your relationship with a romantic partner in different ways than it'll affect uh, your relationship with someone that you are just friendly with oh um, yes absolutely yeah i, yeah, <laughs> I, I think brie keeps oh, trying I'm sorry. to speak oh I, no i want to give no, her God. An oh sorry oh, sorry okay. i'm just very expressive with my face we're on, we're on a we're on a zoom call for <laughs> folks that are just listening but uh i i just you know want to echo um just kind of what people are 
what folks are saying. I mean, like Kristen, uh, you know, was really upfront really early on with you know her ADHD, um, but like that was most that was that was just could that's just because Kristen's very upfront with everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I. You know, uh, again, like I've only come to kind of a self DX of, uh, you know, being on the spectrum relatively recently. And like a lot of that was just through, you know, working with Kristen and interacting with Kristen. And I, you know, I think finally, you know, like accepting that and like, you know, making that a part of my identity really helped her to kind of understand me. So again, just as you build a relationship and as you are building togetherness um you know you can very much uh you know it can very much bring you closer and if it doesn't then the other person is an ableist fuck and you don't need to worry about them i think that's true i think that like something to touch on something you said it also i feel like it gives like uh the partner uh who uh is not on the spectrum a kind of a framework of understanding sort of like you a little bit better. Um, Cause like, I know that I'm someone who really appreciates, um, I don't know if rules is right. I saw, I you like I, knowing I, the I, frameworks. You like I knowing like the specifications. I like knowing the specifications of someone that I'm dealing with. I don't like, I don't necessarily like dealing with people who I can't predict um and or understand and so i think that like understanding you kind of required me to like know what the specifications were and like i think that helped me like a great deal um yeah like i so and i think that that like that honestly it's it's funny that zach you would say that like <laughs> that rachel saved you from an intervention because i i mean i can see that that like totally tracks as <laughs> being like a thing where it's like hey everyone like we don't need to be too ridiculous we can just calm down because actually what's going on is this yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah what would you what would the two of you being married say to yourselves when you were younger and just dating around um well i never really had a dating around period i kind of hopped from monogamous yeah, long-term you're, you're relationship to monogamous <laughs> long-term relationship oh, okay. yeah <laughs> um but you know i would i would say just be like it's you know definitely one and you know this is this is somewhat germane to our our our, our questioners uh their their first part of the question um you know, like, you obviously want to find someone who shares interests with you and has that overlap in interest, but it doesn't need to be 100%. Like, you're going to have things that are going to be your own, and that's important, and they're going to have things that are their own, and that's important. And as long as you guys share something and, like, enjoy sharing those things together, then it doesn't need to be total overlap. Like, you know, you can be... You know, I, I ask ask Kristen, you can be the, 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 the big nerd who plays D&D every week, um, but, you know, still, you know, watch baseball with mm-hmm. your partner. Yeah, I think that's actually something that's come up with us, because in my mind, I was always just like, we have nothing in common, because it's like, you just have many, you have many special interests that yeah. you just know a lot of things about. Mm-hmm. And it kind of didn't really occur to me until, I think, relatively recently that it's like, we actually do have a lot in common. You just like a lot of things. Yeah. And so, because you like a lot of things, it's not really possible for me to overlap with all those things. And it's, uh, you know, it's honestly 
because I, it's one of the what what people want like uh, the Cliff's notes of being on the spectrum a lot, and one of the things I point them to a lot is the line uh, that Abed on Community has. I think I just like liking things. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and and I love introducing someone to a mm-hmm. thing that I like, mm-hmm. and I also like being lectured <laughs> at. Um, like I, I just want you uh, to tell me about the 1930s Red Sox, and, oh, yeah. and just like tell me what what was going on with them. <laughs> um, I I love just like you know not zoning out, but like reaching this like zen when someone is like talking at me for 10 minutes like i i love that so much absolutely that's so that's really that's incredibly like honestly illuminating to hear um because i think that is something because like brie loves you love talking about like your the things that you like and that is a place actually where our neuro atypicalness they kind of come in con- come in conflict with each other because like you are someone who likes to talk about your interests and i'm someone who's got like i've got like 90 seconds <laughs> i've gotten 90 good seconds and then it's like and then it's like i gotta do something else because i can't take it <laughs> that's so interesting because uh rachel and i have like the same uh neuro atypicality uh configuration as the two is really but, uh, yeah yeah but i do feel like uh i don't know maybe because of my influence she info dumps a lot more uh over the course of our relationship like she's uh very she's very much on a tabletop kick lately and i feel like uh obviously being into that sort of lends itself to info dumping and so there's now, there's sort of some common ground to be found, at least in terms of communication style, if not necessarily specific subject matter. Oh, it's really funny. When there are rules to explain to mm-hmm. someone, I find I find that back and forth very mm-hmm. soothing. And I, I love, um, you know, so, so I came up with uh, a lot of punks who also invented a lot of games. And so the... Um, the incredulousness of me explaining one of these games to someone uh, and then them asking questions because the rules don't make sense. I, I love shit like that. (laughs) That's that's funny because like, that's like my nightmare. (laughs) Someone someone is just like, someone you have to listen to for like 10 minutes as someone explains to you how to play a game. I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to retain, I'm going to tell you the name of the game at the end of it. And (laughs) maybe, See, this is why this is why this is why Calvin is both an autistic and an ADHD icon because of Calvin Ball. (laughs) Wait, what is Calvin Ball? Calvin Ball is this game that he and Hobbs made up, where the only rule is that you make it make up the rules as you go along. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's funny. I will say that. I don't have any patience for tabletop games. Um, I I would absolutely play something like kickball or stickball or uh, one of our old ones, Danger Crag or Ankle Snap. Uh, but I don't understand Magic the Gathering, and I'm probably never going to try. <laughs> yeah, she uh, 
I live. I live with someone who understands that game <laughs> intimately. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have these friends um, who are partners and have kids, and so I'm over there a lot in non-COVID times. And all of the adults sit around and drink coffee and do magic, and I am just. Like, I have so much exposure to Magic the Gathering, and it'll never sink in. <laughs> I just will never, I will never understand it. I will never play it. Um, I think it's great when my friend gets to sell valuable cards and, like, fund his other projects. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to do the thing. during our intermission just now i had to unmatch someone on hinge oh god oh my. why so, so he said hey <laughs> what's up? oh in god different, in different messages like three different messages um hey sup what are you up to lady and he's no! like He's in his 30s. He's actively in his 30s. Um, so I just, I'm not ever going to, <laughs> I'm not going to like argue uh, with these men uh, about gendering me correctly. I'm just going to unmatch. That's the new me uh, where Hell I just yeah. don't fight with these weird dudes named Sarah Gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish our. I wish our listeners could see the like amazing uh, physical shoulder work that Charlie is doing when they uh, do their impression of this guy too. But uh... yeah, yeah, his his name isn't Sarah Gay. Um, another guy who I unmatched is named Sarah Gay, but they're all named Sarah Gay. It's a composite character. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're all they all have sunglasses and bucket hats. The, the, oh, very the, cool. the Sergei Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's do we horrible. want so do we want to read this uh more recent question? Yes, go yeah. ahead. Cool. Hi Zach and Charlie. First of all, I adore your podcast. Thank you for taking on such a wonderful project. You all make great content. Thank you. Uh, I, she, they, 22, have recently realized that I'm in love with one of my close friends, he, him, 30. Honestly, I believe I'm in love with him for almost twenty year, for almost two years now, but I didn't really come to terms with it until recently because I previously identified as a lesbian. I've identified as a lesbian for years, but there's no doubt I'm head over heels in love with this man. I'm eight years younger than him, and as far as he knows, I'm gay, so I don't know if he's ever even considered me in a romantic light. We share many mutual friends and have had a quite special friendships, so I don't want to mess up the dynamic we have. We're at fairly different points in our lives. I still live with my parents due to my disabilities, whereas he's been on his own for years. We're both neurodivergent, but I'm impacted far more by my autism and other disabilities than he is. That said, my feelings for him are extremely strong, like wedding Pinterest board strong. And I don't know how to deal with the fact that we might work out well as partners one day, but we probably won't work right now. I've also never been in a long-term relationship before, and this is the first time I've fallen hard for someone, as usually I'm attracted to practically no one. So I'm not sure exactly what to do with these feelings. Do you have any advice? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have advice. Oh yeah. I have. Uh, I so several so several things are being pinged for me right here. So um, 
they talk about how uh, uh, they were worried about how they previously identified as a lesbian. And so it's kind of like this is sort of a new and novel. The thing about sexuality, and I think one thing that no one tells you about bisexuality, is that you can go through periods where you are attracted to maybe just one gender or maybe just two genders. And then another gender might be like, eh. And then you can flip-flop. And then it's like, what? <laughs> so like, it, it, people kind of think that like it's sort of all the time, the, the, the pie is divided in different ways. But like, it, it can actually be like a pendulum swinging back and forth. Mm. So like, you know, it's obviously you don't have to change the way you identify, like the way you identify is the way you identify, but like, it's okay to open yourself up to the fact that um, you might be like maybe a little bit more fluid than you previously thought. Uh, the second thing is, and Brie and I were talking about this. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is good advice in general. Never tell someone cold that you're in love with them. And here's why. There is a yeah. chance yeah. they might be in love with you. And if so, then it worked out perfect. Mm -hmm. But there's a better chance that they may have just never considered you romantically before. And so if you come at them with a big, I'm in love with you bomb, it might be like, ah, too much. <laughs> Whereas if you approach them with a, I think I might have some feelings mm -hmm. for you, it allows them to kind of like dip their toe in the water and be like, perhaps I yeah. would like to swim here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, very few uh, like of our understandings as children of uh, human relationships really bear the test of time. But, you know, the idea of like, do you like someone I, that I, mm -hmm. I think that's a fairly useful concept, honestly. And yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I wish that we uh, carried it more into adulthood in so many words, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's definitely, you're, you're definitely going to have more times where, you know, you like someone but aren't really sure and, like, you know, approach them and, like, hey, do you like me back? You know, that, 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 that's a kind of an awkward conversation, but, you know, that's, that's going to be more useful than, like, you know, you know, you're, it's, it's not going to be Marius and Cosette realizing that they're deeply in love with each other after a single glance in the market, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, making a wedding Pinterest board is going to scare anyone off. Mm. Um, because... I'll, I'll delete I mean, all my wedding Pinterest boards then. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, go um, ahead. I mean, well, I want to break down what the appeal of a wedding is to, you know, a young woman especially. So not only is it being surrounded by everyone you love on a certain day, um, you know, and being praised by them and being loudly appreciated by them, but you also get to dress up and you kind of get to be in drag and perform. Um, and you like one person a whole, whole lot, or you love a person a whole, whole lot. Um, and you are also legally bound to them. Um, and obviously the aesthetics of weddings um, are, you know, basically time honored and everyone at every time has loved weddings because they're pretty and they're a big deal and you get to perform. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, if you, 
are growing up or, you know, you're, you're a young person, it, it totally makes sense to um, envision what your perfect day would look like. Um, you know, that's, that's very common for people, but you know, yeah, never, never come at someone with, I'm in love with you and definitely never come at them with, here's what you're going to wear on our wedding day. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely don't tell, listen, uh, don't, you don't tell people about the Pinterest board. You just have the Pinterest board. Oh yeah, this is it's this is not this is not to say you shouldn't have a Pinterest board. Like I mean, I I I always feel like I'm being interrogated when because Rachel and I have had this conversation where she says, uh, you know, did you did did you feel like you could marry me the first time uh, we met? And I'm just kind of like, no. That 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 that, that 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 that's a weird way to think about someone you're just meeting, and uh, it's. I mean, I, I I liked your hair, but that's harsh. I think anybody would be offended by that. I'm sorry. That's like, uh, yeah, well. I mean, I I always every time I meet someone, I'm just like, okay, name, pronouns, uh, whether or not I'm going to marry them. <laughs> Uh, that's the rubric that I run through in my head, and it's served me quite well for so far. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you've only said you've only, you said no most of the time. Uh, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and yes, a uh, couple of times, and you know, it worked out once, which is you know, decent batting average. Yeah, I think it's also in this question. I think it's also maybe important to like maybe at least slightly address the age gap here. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. I think like and. I think the thing about age gaps is obviously no, no two people are the same and like not every situation is the same and like something that's like bad in one situation is not, you know, the nuance that comes with this conversation. Um, But I think it's like, it's important to kind of keep in mind, at least for your kind of your own sense of self that like, this might be a relationship that um, this person might be reluctant to get into just because of that age gap. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of not, it, 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 to, that is to say, it may not be a reflection on you and it may not be a reflection on like uh, your importance in his life. It may be a reflection of the fact that like he might feel uncomfortable with that big of a, that big of an age gap romantically. It's, especially, so like, especially when it sounds like she, you know, they had not been in, long-term relationships before Um, right being some you know being someone's first long-time relationship when you're more experienced than them when you're more independent than them when you're older than them is hard Mm -hmm. i imagine yeah so yeah and i oh i i wanted to say like um i would be cautious even especially if he was like way way into it instantly yeah. Um, just I, because yes. of the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because this person is a multiply disabled person with not a lot of experience who is much younger than this man. Yes. Um, that, you know, I'm always worrying about our listeners and the people who write in um, just in terms of predation. Yes. Because mm-hmm. people who come to us are the less experienced people. And the mm-hmm. people who don't understand um, boundaries because a lot of them are very young. Um, so, yeah, I would say any man in his 30s um, 
who is jumping into a relationship with you when you're 22 and not asking questions and not having a game plan, like not having those conversations of like, how are we going to be careful about this? Like if he's just like, sure, let's fuck. Um, I don't think that's great. Yeah, that's a big red yeah. flag. Um, you know, they, you, they need to. He needs to show that he's going to respect where you're coming from and be at mm-hmm. your. You, you get to set the speed here. Like you're the person with, uh, you know, who's coming into this relationship at, at at the other end of the power dynamic. But that means that you kind of get to set what you are comfortable with, and he should acknowledge that and conform his expectations and all of that to what you're comfortable with yeah sure yeah i would be i would be concerned about making sure that you don't get into a uh you say jump i say how high situation Mm -hmm. where it's like i think that that's and that's a good kind of barometer for whether or not this is like an exploitative relationship which like i mean if i'm gonna be honest like eight eight years and it's 30 to 22 that makes me feel uncomfortable but i'm trying to like mm-hmm. i don't yeah. want to color this i don't want to color this too much with my own personal experiences uh but that that personally makes me feel a little bit like eh, i don't know a lot happens happened. in those eight years a lot happens I, in those eight years it's it's a that's no, okay but, sorry. i was just gonna say i think that's something that uh you know i admit probably a lot of people who are unsure of themselves uh relationship wise in general but autistic people in particular need to sort of be steered away from is the idea that you deserve exactly what you can get and no more. And you just need to just immediately be Mm -hmm. satisfied uh, once you, uh, what, what, once you get like something or anything. And I, yeah. The other side of that exact same coin um, is, you know, the other side of the coin of settling for what you can get uh, and not striving above is um, you have this heightened ideal of what marriage is and that the person who marries you, who deigns to marry you, is mm-hmm. going to save you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that would be the other thing for in this yeah. relationship. Because, like, you know, let's say that you let's say that our 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 listener here they talk to um this man and you know they agree to um you know start a slow romance you know everything we've been saying you know uh, you know it's going to go at it's going to go at their speed uh you know it's 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 going to be respectful all of that you need to still be prepared for the fact that you have built up this relationship as something that it probably can't ever be Yes. You've pr- you've yes. built up this relationship as a very idealized thing, and real people and real relationships are flawed, and they're going to have conflict, and they're going to have hard times, and you're going to need to work through them. And you can't feel like once that starts happening, it's because you're a failure, or he, you know, it might be that this is the wrong person for you. It might be that this is just something that happens in in all relationships, and you're going to need to kind of figure that out as you go. But you can't go into it being like okay this is it this is going to be going and to be can perfect because uh, it's not I, I i i hope you'll indulge me a little can i read a quote by my uh, my favorite uh crime thriller writer just because that's sort of how my uh, autism manifests itself but uh 
This is this yeah. is yeah, please. This is from awesome. Mystic River by Dennis Lehane. Life isn't happily ever after its work. The person you love is rarely worthy of how big your love is because no one is worthy of that. Maybe no one deserves the burden of that either. You'll be let down, you'll be disappointed and have your trust broken and have a lot of real sucky days. You lose more than you win. You hate the person you love as much as you love them. But you roll your roll up your sleeves and work at everything because that's what growing older is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, I don't know. Should I? I guess I could tell a personal story. I don't know. Like, so when I was 22, I I dated my 34-year-old boss, which is different situation. <laughs> but at the time, I remember being like, oh, my God, I have snagged someone so much older and I am sophisticated <laughs> and <laughs> I have nailed it. And Honestly, like when I when I turned thirty four, I kind of like looked at that situation and I was like, "Yeah, what was a thirty four year old man doing with me? Like, why with his employee also with his employee? I know it's so messed up, really messed up. So like, yeah, more more messed up than this. But and and I think that like it's you want to make sure that you're just on. you're always on an even keel with people and that like someone doesn't have like a power advantage over you. And like, and then more importantly, that they're not using that power advantage to Mm -hmm. get what they want out of you. Mm -hmm. And I I do want to say for our, you know, disabled people listening, it is okay that it it is okay. If you need a partner who uh, is also your caretaker, Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, there wow. is nothing manipulative about you needing that. Um, even if, you know, uh, larger society and messaging may may tell you that you're being selfish um, or asking too much. Um, so it's, it's perfectly fine if mm-hmm. this older person with maybe more financial resources um, wants to commit to you in that way. Um, but that is a lot of responsibility um, that this older person could really take advantage of and 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 fuck you over with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I oh I don't know if I would advise it. I I think there are so many things here that are just so precarious. Um, and if you are. Um, in the more vulnerable position. I don't know if you also want to be vulnerable in two other intersections as well compared to this other person. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's <clears throat> just, just uh, and, and like, just for the record, we're not saying, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're this, this person that you've been friends with for however long is a bad person. We, uh, this is just because, because we understand like how these, these bonds form too, but these are, these are still like things to keep in mind. Like, uh, I think that with a lot of, a lot of leaps like this, when you take them, you should consider, you know, is this like, is this the most likely scenario? No. Should I be like emotionally prepared for it to be the outcome? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to bring this up. Um, no, I will. So 
so my my old perception of like having grown up in an abusive household and being disabled uh, including physically um i really did want to get saved especially with someone with more financial resources and i think the the easiest example um to explain this to someone would be um g rose blanchard i'm not going to say her first name um just because it is a racial slur to some people um the the sort of relationship she had with uh nicholas um who you know came and murdered her mother who was her abuser um you know that was absolutely uh, a situation where he saved her. But at the same time, that that fixation on one person who will save you is mm. not going to work out. And obviously that was really fucking unhealthy, uh, the two of them. Um, and it did open her up to being raped by him. Um, and so... Especially, God, especially when you need physical help. Like, I can't go to a museum unless I'm with someone who is uh, pushing me in a wheelchair just because it is so difficult for me to stand, walk, stand, um, and have that kind of endurance. Um, so, you know, it, it is so appealing to think of someone who is, like, legally obligated to do that for the rest of our lives. Um, and also, you know, when I was... Um, not not in the greatest living situations. It, it would be like, oh, I want to find someone with money who is committed to me, who will take care of me forever and ever and ever. Um, and just tonally, uh, I'm inferring this from our our submitter. Um, just because of their inexperience. Um, I think if they did have more experience, um, dating around and, you know, especially meeting a lot of different people, um, I think I would be less worried about them, but I am, sure. I am a little worried about them. I agree yeah. with you. I, I think yeah. that that, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you always have to be careful with how much power over you because you're going like every and that's what a relationship is is you're giving someone else some power over you to some degree yes. but like you've got to be sure you know that it is a person who's not going to abuse that power and that you're giving them you're, you're not you're not just giving them all of it you know, you're not just giving them the yeah. nuclear codes yeah, yeah, and if you're the most vulnerable person circling back like yeah. you mm -hmm. should be able to set the terms and absolutely I was yeah. just going to yeah. say, it's, it's definitely but, not my intention to be the one who's like, no, completely let your guard down. Go for it, either. I... Yeah. Oh, love is special. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is very intoxicating. And that's that's all we can say. It's, it's great to be enthusiastic about someone and have mm -hmm. someone be enthusiastic about you. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah, I would say I, I, I think... Charlie, you're exactly right when you the when you're kind of reading between the lines on this letter that like there there might be like a desire to be saved and I think that yeah. like that's something that like I relate to extraordinarily deeply 
Um, and especially because like, you know, it, it might be what draws you to someone who is much older than you, because you look at a person who, you know, is maybe similar to you in some ways, but is much older than you and lives on their own and maybe, you know, has like things that you might want or represents some things that you might want. Like, I think it's easy to kind of, you know, look at that person for what they represent as well as who they are. And I think it's, I think it's really important to kind of try and like separate those two things as much as possible. Yeah. I, I want to hear, Zach, your perspective on the idea of marriage saving you just because, hi, Rachel, uh, because you've been in this relationship that started when the two of you were so young and you're probably going to sure, stay sure. together it's, forever. You know, honestly, I mean, I, I know that it's uh, fairly... Uh, you know, unhealthy and unrealistic to think of anything like saving you in that sense. But I do think that that stability was you know, extremely important for me as I did a lot of things that were out of my comfort zone. Like I, I mean, I, I had uh, lived in my hometown all my life until I uh, moved up North with Rachel. And that was how I was able to, uh, start my you know my actual career and go outside my comfort zone in terms of like uh, being out in the world and it just it it sounds so useless to say that it it was what actually worked for me but it wouldn't necessarily work for everybody but you know i think that you know, maybe it goes back to the roller coaster thing. Like you, you find someone who this isn't going to be every possible partner, but you find someone who is willing to like hold your hand and take leaps with you. And there's not that sort of uh, like power imbalance. Then you know, I, I think that that can really be something akin to being saved. Honestly, like I think that I, I'm I'm nearly thirty one years. I am 31 years old. I'm nearly 32 years old. I'm far too old to be using terminology like ride or die. But I really think that if you, you know, if you find your ride or die, it can be, you know, not even like a a mechanism for saving you, but a way for like finding a sense of uh, stability that can, you know, feel like there's, you know, you can, you, you can handle all sorts of like external issues. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No, Do you I, think it's fair to say that we should all be our yeah. first ride or dies? Yeah, I agree And with then that. look for I another? That, you know, I, I think that you will be far less likely to settle for less when you don't deserve that if you have this sense of your own value before you look for someone to not, not even save you, but provide that stability. Brie, I feel like you're very similar. I feel like you, when you, when you talk about like marriage and like what you like about marriage, like, I feel like you would have given like a nearly identical answer to that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's I, it's, it's about having someone who 
you can trust with yourself. You can trust with your authentic self. You can trust, you know, I wouldn't know, you know, I, I, in, in, in some ways it was, you know, I'm just, you know, going to talk about my, my experience coming out as trans. Um, in some ways it was made harder by the fact that I was in a relationship because it wasn't just affecting me, it was affecting someone else. But at the same time, I don't know if I would have come to that understanding about myself outside of a, good and healthy relationship like we had. I was going to say this was the one of the big things that uh, spurred us to start this podcast was uh, like our mutual uh, distaste for the Netflix series Love on the Spectrum. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we heard we heard someone say about it was that, uh, you know, there's this. The, 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 the show is all about uh, training people uh, to avoid talking about trains on a date rather than finding someone who wants to hear you talk about trains. Yes. Which I think is such a big difference. Mm -hmm. And, and love on the spectrum. Um, and the way we have been treated as a podcast team. Um, there is this marriage goal, uh, for people, you know, for non-disabled people or sometimes disabled people that they're projecting onto other disabled people. Like Zach has one because he's married. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's, that's very much the wow. love on the spectrum model is that you mm -hmm. have to find someone who you can trick into being married and then, and then you, you win with, with that love, achieving that love. is rooted in this perception that autistic people are perpetual children um, and that we can't consent and we don't have sexual desires. Um, so love on the spectrum is so completely sexless. Um, and these people are placed in this paternalistic gaze um, and their family members are interviewed about their romantic lives, which is so mm -hmm. fucking mortifying. Um, and yeah. that wouldn't happen to other people on a dating show. We wouldn't have this mother saying, oh, he's a 32 year old virgin or something like that. Mm. Um, you know, and because, because we are not seen as full adults, the graduation into adulthood is this marriage. Um, yeah, and yeah. marriage is a very interesting cultural marker because when you are married and you get pregnant, that's fine. But when you are unmarried and you get pregnant, you had sex. That yeah. is like illegal. It's so weird. It's like it's like it's like the bachelor and the bachelorette you're supposed to not think about all of these people want to fuck right now, but then they have the um, overnight suite and they get to fuck oh. everyone. Um, but we're supposed to pretend that this isn't a perverted polyamorous disaster. Um, so, so, you know, tying it all back, tying it all back. So, you know, we started this project because we want to uh, prove that we're 
people. It's so weird that we have to prove that we're people. That as adults, as autistic adults, we are adults. Um, And, you know, to counter love on the spectrum, our unofficial motto is autistic people fuck. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, it's, it's, there's definitely those, there is that infantilization that goes on and it's. Just, it's really rough. And I, some, and something similar happens. I, I feel like in terms of like, you know, finding someone who will marry you, or like, om- with almost the um, unspoken you trick someone into marrying you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of happens in um, like when when people talk about fat people dating. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Actually. Kristen can Kristen yeah. can talk talk yeah, to that. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that's exactly it's exactly the same thing. It's like with if with fat people, it's the idea of like if you got married to a thin person and they consented to it, it's just like mm-hmm. yeah, I I look what I did. It's like getting like a merit badge in in, yeah. in Scouts basically. It's like I got the marriage badge. Now you mm-hmm. can't get mad at me for being fat because I got this badge, okay? And it's it, I think like there's this sense that like it's so tied to your self-worth. And it's so tied to whether or not you are a successful adult and whether or not um, it's okay for you to be yourself. Uh, because if, you know, if you can't get this merit badge, then like maybe you need to change until you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, that's, uh, I, I can't, I mean, I, Brie, I think about this a lot in terms of like kind of how and like obviously we love your family. We love your family. They're really great. But like yeah. I think about this in terms but of like well <laughs> that I think about how when you were a teenager, one of the few you know, one thing that you tell me talk to me about is that like you your parents wanted you to come out of your room because you were kind of always on the computer. And then like when you wouldn't come out of your room, first of all, they took away your computer cord and then you figured out that you could use uh, your breathing, your, your breathing treatment cord as a computer cord. And then once they realized that you'd done that, they took away your door. And it was like, (laughs) so it was like, you weren't allowed to have a door because you, because this is how you kind of, related to the world and like just kind of how you felt safest and most comfortable and like thrive the best it was just like you know you because you were not able to participate in like the social uh unit the way that it was prescribed you didn't get to have a door um which like i don't know it strikes me as like really really messed up because it's like you (laughs) that that's that's the crime you committed the crime you committed was you were not capable of socializing with the unit in a way that was acceptable Mm. it wasn't that you were doing drugs or had bad grades or were doing it was that's that was the that was what you did um i don't know seems 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 messed up (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a little sus absolutely (laughs) yeah everything in compulsive heterosexuality is transactional Uh and we're not supposed to point out that we are all reduced to currency in that way yes Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) you know i was uh I, i was thinking about this a lot uh when uh beverly cleary uh died uh last week that's part of why i think she resonates with so many kids is that like the whole i the whole premise behind ramona is she's this kid who uh 
notices all these nonsensical, hypocritical things that adults do and gets in trouble for noticing them. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. that's a very autistic thing um, mm. because, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about AJ about, you know, do we send thank yous after we get off the phone with someone, you know, a business colleague? Do are we expected to send a thank you note to their thank you when they thank mm. you after getting off the phone with you? Um, mm. And, you know, we don't have problems with being polite. We have problems when we have to follow rules that don't make sense to us. Yeah. Mm. Or at least, or at the very least, uh, rules that have some kind of logic behind them, but the mm. person, like, imposing them on us isn't bothering to explain that logic to us. They're just saying you do it because it's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because because it's just how it's been done. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I think, actually, it's funny that you should point that out, because I was trying to think, like, what is the logic behind Because I send those emails where I thank people, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, why do I do that, though? Like, that doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense. And it's like, I guess it's to i guess it's to like reassure someone that i did enjoy talking to them even though like maybe like in the moment it might have been uncomfortable for me to reassure i don't need, like i can't even explain it <laughs> that make sense yeah. well i understand the temptation yeah. I really do understand the temptation like when I'm hanging out with a friend and then they drop me off and then I get back up to my apartment and I sit down and I'm like wait did they still like me and then I have to wait <laughs> oh I have my to God, wait yeah. to send them like a meme or a link or something um, you know just mm -hmm. so they don't know that I've been sitting in the same spot thinking are we still cool like I have to yeah. wait for time to pass and then be like hey, here's a job that I think you should apply for, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, on dates, actually, that's, like, the opposite of what you should do. Like, once you get home from a date, you're supposed to be like, hey, that was awesome. See you again next week, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and especially now when, uh, I mean, maybe... I guess there's light at the end of the tunnel now, but for the like past several months when the next uh, like in-person interaction has been absolutely not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, goodbye, I guess. Or... See you never. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Have a good life. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, you know, you can you can definitely fall into the you know, and a lot a lot of these norms are just self repeating, and you can just get into a k hole of just mm -hmm. wanting to. That is. Yeah, like like. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, uh, sorry to bring it to. I mean, to kind of like bring it back to like marriage and talking about how like it is like kind of a it is sort of like an end goal. Like, I think about like Brie. I think about often how um, you're like a very nasty person. You like, you just, you like, and you've always been this way. This is not like a function of like any changes uh, with your transition. Like you just kind of always been yeah. a person who like, likes to, likes to have, you know, likes to buy gadgets for the home and likes mm -hmm. to make sure that the home has the things that the home needs and likes to cook yeah. things in the home and likes to mm -hmm. make drinks for it. Like you're just, you're just very nasty. Like you just like, you just enjoy that aspect. And I think that like, um, you know, it kind of, uh, 
you it, it, i think like marriage for you kind of fulfills like a very like a uh, uh someone it's it's someone for you to kind of like nest at if that makes sense yes yes <laughs> like cuz like otherwise it's like who will i do my nesting at <laughs> i can't, I can't. <laughs> get nested myself <laughs> i mean that was uh that, that was uh like honestly early in our relationship when we realized we were getting serious and weren't sure like if there was like a next step like uh mm-hmm. i mean every time uh rachel would dip start like when rachel would first start actually like thinking about uh marriage like as a possibility she would just like basically try to get me to ask about it by just muttering to herself damn my nesting instincts loud enough that she knew that i was going to ask what she was talking about so i mean i don't think it's that uncommon i don't i don't think passive aggressively muttering under your breath uh for a response is necessarily what we want to teach oh it wasn't that it wasn't it wasn't passive aggressive like she had it was wasn't wasn't under her breath either like it was like full conversational tone because she knows stage whisper shouting at you yeah because she knows she she knows that that's how i understand that something is there's something i she wants to talk about okay <laughs> That's funny. Um, I mean, I, 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 it's also funny, like you, because like didn't Brie. I feel like you. That's actually a major. It was a major conflict in our relationship because Brie. I feel like you were kind of like, all right, time to get married. Like I want to mm-hmm. say, it was like six months into our relationship. Something like that, yeah. Six months into it, you were just kind of like, all right, it's. It, I did it, and like you. It was, you a, were, it was like it was like. Not too long after we had moved in together, I was just like, "Oh, we're getting married." Yeah, like you, and you weren't like you weren't pushy about it, and you weren't like no. um, you weren't like insistent about it, or like you were just kind of. No, like, I just accepted it as a given. You were just like, "I've made the choice. The choice has been made. Now I yeah. just wait for you." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I, I think like it's it's very interesting that like because like for me, I was like, "Do I want to get? I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm gonna hem and haw about my feelings." <laughs> and you were just kind of like, "This is pretty easy." <laughs> like, this is, I kind of I've decided that you will be my nest person, and now I'm gonna move on to like the next problem. And so it was always very interesting to me that it was like a very matter of fact choice for you, and like it wasn't like something that like you you didn't spend like a lot of time, like y- you you were not you were very sure I, of your I, choice. I get analysis paralysis about so many things in my life, and but just that wasn't one I of love them. That. I, yeah. I love that description. Yeah, yeah that was not one of them. Mm-hmm. You do get analysis. Par- you get analysis paralysis about things that do not matter really, <laughs> they do, or they things do. that have a very <laughs> obvious answer. <laughs> Should I leave my current job for a better job that's going to pay me more? I don't know. Let me worry about this for a week. Well, that's the huh. thing that matters. I'm talking about things where you're just like, do we use the small plates, the big plates, or like, like things that like truly are of not as much consequence as you would think. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I know that everybody is sick of hearing about how like the good place changed my life, but it just. Makes me think of uh, the flashback to Chidi as a child talking about how he's freezing up, trying to figure out uh, whether to pick the one girl in the class for his team because it might seem like he's patronizing her by only picking her because she's a girl. 
And he's got like this extensive analysis of the pros and cons of making that one decision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that I mean, I'm I'm as someone who is plagued by this by indecisiveness. Uh, uh, it, it was always very interesting to me that you were not you were not. Uh, this was not something that that really that that really rattled you. I think, and I think that yeah. like. I think for you, it's because like marriage for you is it provides like a framework for moving through the world um, that I think like you thrive best under. Um, yes. And I think like it's it, that's something that I don't think I even realized about you until relatively recently. Relatively recently, yeah. Yeah, that like that you're just kind of are a person for whom it's like, all right my nest is good now i can do other stuff mm -hmm. uh and like when your nest isn't good you're just like can't can't talk right now nest is bad uh. <laughs> um and like that's you know I, I it is very interesting like how you view marriage like very differently than i do yeah but you know it still works i can't even record the podcast if my apartment isn't clean because if Nest is bad, yeah. I can't focus. I can't focus on yeah. the other stuff I need to do. Absolutely. Oh, that's <laughs> that's fascinating that like y'all actually kind of identify with that concept as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, because uh, again, especially like uh, like this past year, you know, you get it. You, you got you got to be happy with like your nest because it's oh, yeah. all you've got, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I only I actually only took seriously um, making improvements um, in my apartment um, just like this month because I left town for the first time in a year, and then I was dreading coming back mm -hmm. because my bed sucked, so I got back. And I immediately replaced my bed because I was like, obviously I want to come back and I want to like be with my birds and I want to not be traveling anymore, but I hate my bed in my apartment. So I don't want to go back to my apartment. So like the, the thing like cutting through the, like we're a year into pandemic sort of, sadness so you know the rain cloud uh was me replacing all of my furniture so all of my mm -hmm. furniture is different than mm -hmm. a month ago because i saw outside of the nest from outside of the nest that my nest was bad yeah <laughs> now I mean, we got a similar thing going on with our couch yeah we uh we nest is nest is, <laughs> nest is really bad right now <laughs> yeah, it's not great what's wrong with the couch <laughs> oh it's just a piece of crap we got it from uh a uh, furniture store redacted and uh um, <laughs> fell apart just instantly because we got this not long ago oh, it was wow. it was less than a year ago i mean i feel like not not all couches were meant to be the only piece of furniture that you use for an entire calendar year <laughs> yes. that's true but especially this one wasn't. Load yeah, like, couch. it's like this is it's like tired of looking at tired of looking at bad chair. Time now to go to good chair. But the problem yeah. is like yes. bad bad chair and good chair are the same chair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, it, 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 
we we definitely uh yeah we we definitely overused the couch but uh it's also it, shitty to begin with it was, it was like, also remember, cr- it was also shitty to begin remember with remember that episode of the simpsons where like ned <laughs> flanders's house burns down or blows down and then like they yes. remake his house but like it's yeah. it's like super oh my god it, yes. it, that it's like if they it's like that couch is like if they remade a couch after the couch blew down yeah the uh the couch what cushions the... don't reach each other like the couch cushions are too small for the couch so like there's just like spaces where like the couch oh, no. it's just it's crazy it's like insane and like oh. it also I feel like it was meant to be sat on. I want to say eight times, because like yeah. on like the, ni- the ninth time we sat on it, it was just like, "I'm a pancake." <laughs> yeah, like, it went from it went from brand new to piece of garbage in like a week. Oh, seriously, a week? I was just didn't we <laughs> yeah. just buy this fucking couch? Yeah, terrible. Anyway, that's I feel like we <laughs> that, that's that's our hyperfixation for right now. our let for our final segment uh what we we are gonna put to the panel i guess for lack of a better word uh mm -hmm. what do you feel uh like is your trademark uh item of clothing or accessory like a cartoon character or whatever all right so mine a a year pre-transition it would have been just a plaid shirt yeah. Um, because, yeah. you know, I was very in the, you know, hey, it's a uniform and I don't have to think about it. And I don't have to think about how <laughs> unhappy these clothes make me. Um, I would say post it's either my glasses. Cause I've got these like cute cat ear glass, cat, cat eye glasses, oh, yeah, cat ear glasses are or nothing. Um, <laughs> or I also have this purse that's like a little a little kitty but like it, it, like the, there are little things that flap up to keep the thing down but there are little paws oh that cover God. its little eyes <laughs> yeah, that's pretty adorable the, the first that. clothes are two little eyes that cover, yeah there it is two paws yeah. cover oh eyes. my god that's amazing so cute. <laughs> uh, I would say if you were to draw me like a cartoon character during the pandemic it's I'm wearing uh, like um, like a like a like a full body romper in some bright color and my yellow Crocs. So like, I'm basically dressed like a, like a six year old. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, let me find the thing that's the easiest to walk in and the hardest to pee in. And I'm just going to <laughs> Which is weird. Cause you do one of those things way more than you do the other. Okay. <laughs> wow. Rude, rude and accurate. But thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have uh, I, I have this. It's the the medal of Saint Francis de Sales, who's the patron saint of journalism. Oh, nice! It's a gift from a gift from my brother, and uh, I guess the other one is uh, the T-shirt I'm wearing now. It says "I heard you paint houses," which was uh, which was a gift from Rachel. Nice. So Aww. it's sort of the, uh, the 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 two sides of Zach, which is like a sort of weird aesthetic Catholicism that does not necessarily follow in terms of uh, dogma and uh, and movie quotes. <laughs> I, think, I think the uniting thread between you and I is like weirdly religious goths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mine, um, I just want to like describe my whole aesthetic uh, because... 
all of these things are like kind of quintessential. So obviously my huge leather jacket, which has yeah. fringes all over, like um, it is very gay cowboy, mm. um, but also like very goth. Um, and especially when I'm wearing all black. So I will say that my outfit today um, is my cartoon character outfit. So very dark purple rain tank top. Um, short shorts, uh, obviously black, um, black compression leggings. I always have to wear compression leggings if I'm like doing things and, you know, standing upright. Um, cheetah print Doc Martin loafers, um, and black safety mask and sometimes a black brimmed hat. So, like, it's, like, very slutty, but also very modest in a way. So, like, from is, um, F-R-U-M is, like, you know, Jewish modest. Like, maybe sometimes Hasidic. So, I'm not Hasidic, but I, I described, I, I described my aesthetic as from cowboy. Mm, that's amazing. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of what what all that is, uh, and you know you can you can sub in a fanny pack, a knife, you yeah. know my set of keys uh, that are also leather fringed. Um, my keys are fringed, um, but yeah, yeah. Someone someone drawing me, um, like especially if I was in the cartoon recess. Um, someone drawing me when I walk up they would have like wacky music but also a lot of jangling there's just a lot of jangling things happening with my every outfit you're very percussive yeah Yeah, this was this I'm I'm so glad that this was our backup question because it's like the perfect one for Charlie specifically (laughs) I am I am a cartoon, and I try to minimize that. Like, I try to not be, like, a, a manic pixie dream person. Um, and I, I don't watch anime because I don't want to feel called out by anime characters. Um, but I also used to play accordion, and oh. that's, just, that's just too much. I, I just yeah. don't <laughs> The cork levels are off the charts. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can't do that. I also had like a an undercut, a half shave, and I had to grow that out because you have to reel it in. You really have to. Reel it in. <laughs> you have to edit. But yeah. Oh but my god. My, fortunately, my birds can hear me when I'm like on the porch or unlocking the front door downstairs and coming up the stairs because they know that whatever jangling is coming their way that that's gonna be me. Well, that's useful. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah. hear them. I hear them screaming when I when I open the first door. So that that's useful. Yeah. Well, um, thank you both for for coming on the pod. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having mm-hmm. us. Of course. Yeah. Of course. T- tell us. Uh, tell us your Twitter handles and your Instagram yeah. handles. I'm at uh, on both. I'm at uh, Bree Hubble. Bree is B R I E. Um, like the cheese and like the telescope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I thought Brie Telescope, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I at Twitter, I am Lola Coaster. It's L O L uh, Coaster. 
Um, and then on Instagram, I am it's Kristen Cherico. Because uh, Kristen Cherico was taken. I don't know by who, but like <laughs> someone <laughs> clearly. Kristen Terry. Someone took yeah. my name, so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I had added an it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Or uh. real Kristen Cherico, Kristen Cherico official. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I mean, can you? Now, remember when our president had real in his Twitter handle? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a real but, boomer thing to do. Yeah. Very, what was yes. the one? Yeah, one of my uh, one, one of my uh, favorite uh, John Mulaney jokes was, uh, if "He's such a great deal maker. How did how did he miss out on just Donald Trump?" <laughs> <laughs> people i don't think he wanted to spend the money yeah. His, yeah 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 that's not his mo is paying no. people for stuff no. that no <laughs> mr deals mm-hmm. president president deals exactly. president deals yeah uh, all right thank you but thank you both so much for uh for uh for coming this was great yeah thank and, you guys uh, yeah, no really enjoyed awesome. our really enjoyed mm-hmm. myself yeah, and thanks so much to our listeners. Uh, we hope that uh, you know two episodes in as many weeks is not something that you're going to get used to. Uh, because unreliable. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you get what you pay for. <laughs> and uh, you can. <laughs> and a reminder that you can uh, uh, become a patron for this podcast at patreon.com slash stim for stim s-t-i-m number four s-t-i-m thank you for listening to this episode of stim for stim the relationship podcast for and by autistic people special thanks to our guests kristen Cherico and brie hubble if you like what you heard consider becoming a patron you can find our Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash stim for stim. Our hosts are Zach Budrick and Charlie Stern. I'm Melissa Huntley, the editor, and our transcriptions are done by Stacey Fatemi.